Welcome back, Giants fans. I feel like I have not done a Giants video in a long time, so it feels good to be back. So free agency's kind of in full swing here. I mean, they're in like that tampering period, so nothing's like official, but all the reports came out today. The Giants signed two guys, Mark Lewinsky, offensive lineman from the Colts, a guard, and they signed wide receiver Robert Foster, formerly of the Bills, Washington, a few other teams, practice squads and all that. But we'll talk about those moves. We'll talk about the previous moves that I have not talked about yet. Sterling Shepard, Blake Martinez taking those pay cuts. We'll talk about Evan Ingram going to the Jaguars. BJ Hill gets an extension with Cincinnati and stuff like that. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video and let's get into it. So let's start with Mark Lewinsky, who they signed from the Colts. I feel like that's the biggest news of the day here. He signs a three-year $20 million contract, $11.4 million guaranteed. So going back and watching some of him, now I did watch his college highlights back from 2015, so it's not like it's that relevant, but I still got to see what type of player he is. He has a strong base. He's good out in space, understands leverage. There's good things to like here about Mark Lewinsky. Also, the durability is a big thing. He has played every game since 2019, 16 games, 16 games, and of course, 17. So that's good to see. Now, playing next to the likes of Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly on the interior of the Colts offensive line is a lot different than what he might face with the Giants right now. And currently, the offensive linemen that would be next to him at right guard are injured Nick Gates and that Matt Gano guy who we just signed from the Falcons. So that's not the ideal situation that you want to be in right now if you are Mark Lewinsky. But we're hoping as Giants fans they do draft the right tackle. I don't think they can sign one for big money. Hopefully Nick Gates comes back okay, but maybe we'll have to sign a free agent center somewhere. I have no idea. But for Glowinski, he's played right guard for a while. He played left guard in 2016 for Seattle, didn't have as much success, then went to right guard, started playing more full-time halfway through 2018, and that, of course, is when the Colts offensive line really started to turn around back when Andrew Luck was playing in his final season, and... I think Mark Lewinsky has gotten better as the year's gone on based on his PFF grades and based on the durability and even the contract he got, of course, you can tell that he's been getting better as a player. Now, he's near 30 years old, which is fine. It's not that bad. He's still 29 right now, but will be 30 by the time the season starts next year. But based on grading from PFF, he's coming off one of his best seasons. He had a 70 overall grade, a 62 pass blocking grade, 70 run block grade. I'll put his grades in here so you guys can see everything. I don't have the time to go back and watch every single snap of him on the Colts. I don't have Game Pass anymore. But just seeing some of his highlights on YouTube, I liked what I saw. So, of course, with the Giants offensive line, you're, you're going to take whatever you can get. I mean, my first instinct, and this is me being scarred and having PTSD as a Giants fan, was thinking to Patrick Omame. I feel like it was a similar contract. His was like three years, $15 million. Glowinski's probably a better player, but that's just like where my mind goes as, as a Giants fan, which is sad, but I do think Glowinski is going to be a better player than what Patrick Omame is. It can't get much worse. So a lot of it depends on who they put next to him if they get a stud right tackle in the draft. Depends what they have at center, but Glowinski should be able to hold his own at right guard. He is a starting caliber right guard in the NFL, and based on my philosophy, I don't think you have to spend big on guards and centers. I don't think you do. You have to just put guys there that are good enough and not kill you, and I think Mark Lewinsky fits that. Like He's not going to kill you, but he's not going to be an all-pro player anytime soon either. I'm fine with the signing. I'm excited for it. You know, He looks like your typical offensive lineman, has the big beard, and as I said, the Giants needed some type of offensive lineman. I mean, Will Hernandez is probably the Leaving. Matt Skur is gone. Billy Price probably gone. Like, there's not going to be many guys. Ben Bredesen, who the hell knows with him. So, yeah, the Giants needed some interior offensive linemen, and this could be one of those 
you know, lower tier signings that hopefully could work out for this team. Joe Shane and the Giants are not going to be spending big in this offseason. I highly doubt it. I really don't think they're in a position to do that. They're going to try, try and find these diamond in the roughs, these guys that are good value type contracts, and they might look at Mark Lewinsky as that type of guy. So I think some Giants fans might be disappointed by the lack of spending so far. We've seen some other teams like Jacksonville, for instance, spend like a billion dollars in the first day, and some other teams out there spend some big money. But the Giants should not be doing that. The Giants should have a long-term approach. So, so far, based on how day one's going here, I support with uh, what Joe Shane's doing. This should not be a quick fix mindset. This has to be a couple years of a rebuild and take it from there. So spending big on the first year of free agency for Joe Shane would probably not have been the best idea. So, so far, I support the way he's going, and hopefully Mark Lewinsky ends up being a very good value signing when we look back on it. In other free agency news, the Giants brought back C.J. Board. That's great. But they also signed Robert Foster, who was with the Buffalo Bills. He was with Washington. He spent this past season with the Dallas Cowboys practice squad. And Robert Foster, I remember back from 2018, he kept showing up at NFL Red Zone making long catches, and I was like, oh, it's just another fast guy who makes long catches here and there. But Robert Foster, unfortunately, can never stick around. He has problems with drops and playing through contact, kind of like Darius Slayton's problems, honestly. So he did run a 4-4-1. That's the good news. He is a fast, you know, field stretcher type guy. My initial reaction was, oh, this is just like John Ross, basically, but he's just not as fast as John Ross, of course. So with Robert Foster, he might be your wide receiver four, wide receiver five type guy. I don't have the highest of expectations now. He's 27 years old. He's been around for a bit. He was an undrafted free agent. At least with John Ross, he was once like a top 10 pick. So it was like, oh, well, he has that first round appeal. For a guy like Robert Foster, it's like, ah, he was an undrafted free agent, had some success his rookie year. He did put up 27 catches, over 540 yards, and three touchdowns as a rookie. So, you know, 20 yards per reception as well. So that's that's good stuff, but it's just not, like, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be like a dominant force on the wide receiving group, that's for sure. So, of course, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, a healthy Sterling Shepard are going to be over him. And even Darius Slayton, I would assume, would be over him if he even makes the team. I have no idea. We'll see what they do with Slayton going forward. But those three guys, for sure, will be over him if Sterling Shepard's healthy. But hey, it's a death signing. He has that Joe Shane, Brian Dable connection. I preferred Isaiah McKenzie, but he went back to Buffalo, so unfortunately that could not happen. But Robert Foster... He might make a couple big plays for the Giants this year. I'm trying to think who he might be like. Like Roger Lewis, for instance. Uh, Roger Lewis back in 2017 made like a couple big plays for the Giants here and there randomly. But he might be something like that. But I don't think Robert Foster is going to have this great impact. He's not going to have like an 800 plus yard season. I'd be shocked. But any type of little impact he can make and keeping safeties honest, we'll take it. So... Not the biggest signing, but hey, he did make some plays his rookie year, and we'll see if he can recapture that with Daniel Jones if he is the quarterback, and Daniel Jones does lay out a good deep ball, so that is the good news about this signing, and it should not be for that much money. I did not see how much money it's for. If I had to guess, it's probably a one-year deal, no more than $2 million, so it's not going to break the bank, and you throw him in there in, in training camp and preseason, see what you get, and if he does well, you keep him. If not, then you move on. It's pretty much simple as that. So let's go through some of the other tweets here that I have. Jordan Ronan said the Giants are still in the market for a veteran mobile quarterback like a Tyrod Taylor, a Case Keenum. I don't know how mobile he is anymore. Jacoby Brissett and Marcus Mariota. So, of course, Mitchell Trubisky, who honestly I thought was going to go to the Giants. I was actually surprised when I saw Trubisky went to the Steelers. 
I don't know if that's the Steelers' like main plan. They might draft a guy and trade up for a guy, maybe Kenny Pickett. I don't know. But it was kind of odd seeing that Trubisky signs a two-year deal with Pittsburgh, who I look, I don't blame Mitch Trubisky whatsoever. If I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm picking the Steelers 10 times out of 10 in that situation. Like, I'm not gonna be like a butthurt Giants fan about that. Um, of course, the Steelers have good receivers, Deontay, if Juju comes back, Claypool, um, who the hell is the rookie tight end Fryermuth? So, you know, they have guys there, they have a good a great defense. So the Giants don't really put you in the best position to succeed. We've seen that with Daniel Jones, and I don't think Daniel Jones is the greatest quarterback ever, but the Giants have done everything in their power to mess up his career, as we know. So I don't blame Mitch Trubisky, but I was actually kind of surprised that he did not end up being on the Giants. I kind of thought it was like a foregone conclusion, but yeah, so that was a bit surprising. Anyway, these other guys left, you know, Tyrod, Case Keenum, Brissett, Marcus Mariota. The guy you want to get out of that is probably Mariota. Not that Mariota's great, but like I feel like out of that group, he's probably the best one. I would maybe put Brissett and Tyrod in that next tier, and then Case Keenum. I, I put him last out of those four. I feel like Case Keenum's arm is shot. I think back to a throw he had on Thursday night when he came in for. Uh, I think he started that game because Baker Mayfield was hurt. He had a, a throw to Odell. Odell had his guy beat by 10 yards on the left sideline, and Case Keenum threw like this terrible pass 10 yards short the safety undercut it nearly picked it off I was like yeah that man's arm is shot so I don't want anything to do with Case Keenum right now he had a good run in Minnesota a few years back but yeah so if I had to pick I'm picking Mariota I'm trying to think who else is out there Andy Dalton type guys I mean not really too interesting there of course I think Nick Foles might be out there uh, Jameis Winston's my guy. I've always loved Jameis Winston. I was on here vouching for Jameis Winston last year on Twitter. People gave me crap for it. Jameis had a pretty good year until he got hurt. So I don't know if he'll leave New Orleans. I'm hurt. I'm hearing the Saints want to go for, not I'm hearing, everyone's hearing that the Saints want to go for Deshaun Watson possibly or someone like that. Some bigger fish. So we'll see. But I would love Jameis Winston on the Giants. I would love that. So probably won't happen. Just a, a dream for me. But yeah, anyway, out of these guys, I think Mariota's your best bet, followed by, you know, Tyrod and Brissett in that same tier, and then you put Case Keenum last, in my opinion. You guys might rank it differently. That's how I feel about those guys. Anyway, we'll talk about the news from March 12th, a couple days ago. Tom Rock said, I am told Sterling Shepard and Blake Martinez agreed to base salaries of roughly $2.25 million with a chance to double it, $5 million or so, in total with incentives in new deals. Should drop Martinez's cap hit from $14 million to about $8 million, and Shepard's cap hit of $12.4 million to $6.5 million. So, personally, I was okay moving on from really either guy, especially Shepard coming off the Achilles injury. Shepard never plays a full season, so I was kind of ready to move on mentally. Shepard is the longest tenure giant. He was drafted by Jerry Reese. He's been here for like four different head coaches now, which is crazy. Uh, Shepard's 29, but you know, I was kind of ready to move on. I kind of wanted to see Shepard go to a different team and just like start winning because the guy has been enduring so much losing outside of his rookie year. His rookie year, the Giants went 11-5, and of course lost the first playoff game. But after that, Sterling Shepard's endured a lot of losing as a New York Giant. So I kind of wanted to see Shepard go to like the Packers or something and be their wide receiver too. But it is what it is. So he's back here now making $6.5 million against the cap. And then Blake Martinez was brought back as well. And his cap hit drops to about $8 million. You save about $6 million. And I'm okay with that because 
you know, Blake Martinez, I feel like we might overrate him sometimes because he just gets a lot of tackles, but he was a really impactful player his first year. He looked good in Patrick Graham's defense. Patrick Graham is gone now. He did play well for Graham in Green Bay as well. He had his best season, I believe, when Graham is there. So maybe Blake Martinez is at his best with Patrick Graham. We'll see how he fits the Don Martindale defense. But Blake Martinez is by far the Giants' best linebacker, inside linebacker. So that is a big thing. If you moved on from Blake Martinez, who the hell are you going to replace him with? You have Tay Crowd. Guys like Benardrick McKinney, Jalen Smith, who aren't even under contract, you are in a bad spot inside linebacker. So bringing back Martinez, assuming he should be ready for week one, which he should because he got hurt in like week three last year, I think. So definitely has enough time to come back. That's, you know, your best inside linebacker by a lot. So I don't blame the Giants for going in this direction. I think that's the most cap friendly thing to do is basically have these guys take pay cuts and go from there. If they outright cut Sterling Shepard, I think they probably would have saved like nothing more. So you're kind of just like doing yourself a favor here. And as for Blake Martinez, it was a similar situation. They were not going to save that much money if they just outright cut Blake. So bring him back. He's your best inside linebacker and go from there. So hopefully he's back for week one. As for Shepard, I have no idea. He tore his Achilles late in the season, but we've seen these Achilles injuries recently. They don't really seem as terrible as they used to be. Like Lorenzo Carter tore his last year. He was back in like, you know, the summer training camp, whatever. Um, And then you had a guy like Cam Akers who tore his Achilles in the summer and was back by like the playoffs. So it took like five or six months. So yeah, there's just like a lot of these miraculous Achilles injury recoveries lately. So I don't know what to feel. Everybody's body's different. Of course, Sterling Shepard has had a lot of injury problems, so I'm not going to count on him being there. But hey, if he comes back halfway through the season, that's great. You do have your concerns about Galladay and Tony staying healthy and you know Darius Slayton and even Robert Foster now catching the ball. But outside of that, Shepard is probably one of the more reliable receivers we have on this team, and hopefully he is back. So you know, hopefully he's back for week one. We'll find out what happens there. For Evan Ingram... He signed a one-year deal, fully guaranteed $9 million deal, that could be up to $10 million with incentives with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, by the way, I know this is a Giants podcast, but that Christian Kirk contract was absolutely unbelievable. I forget how much he got off the top of my head. It was like four years, $73 million somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, like, Christian Kirk's a fine player. Like, you know, he might get a 1,000 yards every other year type guy. But, like, that is a stupid amount of money. And they signed Marvin Jones last year, too. So it's like, I don't know what the hell they were doing there. I know they're trying to get Trevor Lawrence's weapons and all that, but that is just a lot of money for a guy like that. Anyway, for Evan Ingram, this feels like the type of guy that's going to go to Jacksonville and have a pretty good career. Like, that just feels like Evan Ingram's outcome. So we'll see how they use him in that offense. Doug Peterson, I'm trying to think back. You know, he, of course, had Goddard. He had Zach Ertz. They had success there. Those guys are not really similar to Evan Ingram's skill set, so I don't know where I'm going with that one. He had Trey Burton. Trey Burton kind of had a similar skill set in a way to Evan Ingram. So maybe that's one guy you can compare him to. I don't know. But I feel like Evan Ingram might have some success in Jacksonville. He is talented. He does run fast for a tight end. So, hey, if he runs some drags and catches them, and goes 20 yards he's gonna be useful so we'll see what Engram does I wish him the best he was honestly like one of my favorite guys because I just you know I always felt like he was hated on by the fan base rightfully so he definitely cost us a game here and there but Engram always showed up you know put his head down never said anything bad to the media he was just a hard worker and unfortunately things just never went his way so I do like him as a person I hope he you know makes out well there with Jacksonville but unfortunately sometimes things just don't work for certain teams certain players and certain teams did not work out and it is what it is so Evan Engram no longer a New York Giant 
I saw that BJ Hill got a three-year, $30 million extension with the Bengals. That's great to see. I think the Bengals, we can safely say they won that trade. At the time, I really didn't care because, you know, BJ Hill was like a rotational guy for us and he was in the last year of his contract. BJ Hill, especially in the playoffs, played very well last year. I think uh, Ogan Joby maybe went down for the um, for the Bengals, and then B.J. Hill played more, and he was great. So, yeah, I mean, without the playoffs, does B.J. Hill get $10 million per year? Probably not, but they made it far. He made it to the Super Bowl. He played well in every game, so good for B.J. Hill, of course, but not a good trade for the Giants looking back on it. So that's the unfortunate part. So I saw this before I was going to sign off. Monster news here. Big news. The Giants signed former Bills offensive lineman John Feliciano to play center, according to Mike Garfolo. Garfolo. Yeah, Garfolo. I don't know. Anyway, so yes, he's going to play center for the Giants. I actually did not know that John Feliciano played center. I always thought of him as a right guard, but looking back at his game log, he played everywhere. He basically played everywhere outside of like right tackle. I, I didn't see many right tackle. He played left guard, center, right guards. I saw some left tackle. He played center twice in 2019. Every other game was at right guard. He played center twice in 2019, a game at Tennessee in week five and a game versus Denver in week 12. And according to his grades, he played very well in those games. So that's good to see. Then you fast forward to 2021 and we'll look at the games he played center. He played center in week 18 versus the Jets. He actually only played six snaps in that game. We are not going to count that one. So let's see 2020. Did he play any games at center in 2020? He played three, so he had three games at center, week, uh, weeks eight through ten he played center. He had one good game his first game versus New England in week eight, and then he played terrible versus Seattle in week nine, and at Arizona had a good pass blocking grade and a not so good run blocking grade. So with Feliciano, I don't know what to expect really. Obviously you're getting versatility, he's now 30 years old, he's coming from Buffalo, once again has the familiarity with uh, the offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, so that's cool. But, you know, Feliciano, I'm not expecting that much from the guy. He'll just be a fill-in type guy. He's your Nick Gates insurance. I just said to you guys, you know, 20 minutes ago in real time, they're probably going to sign a free agent center, and here we are. Although I did not know Feliciano was a center, but they say he is, and I believe them, so... That's it. I mean, Feliciano is going to be the guy. Of course, they might draft a center. We'll see what happens with that. But this is not bad insurance. I can't imagine this is more than a one-year deal, a cheap contract, and a guy that has familiarity with the area and the coaches. So it's like, hey, why not? So um, I think the position versatility, too, is pretty interesting. It definitely will make him more appealing. He can play all the interior spots. As I mentioned, played some left tackle, although Andrew Thomas better play all 17 next year and be an all-pro, I hope. But but in the event you have to go somewhere with a left tackle, he can do that for you. So I'm not expecting him to play great, but hey, he's definitely a decent player and hopefully um, he works out well for us. So yeah, that was a signing that I guess most people could see coming because of the connections, but John Feliciano will be a giant for at least next year. So we'll see what he can give them. He last played a full season back in 2019. And one I just mentioned, he played like 15 games at right guard to at center. He earned a 64 overall grade, a 66 pass blocking grade, and 63 run blocking grade. So that's a pretty, you know, above average season, I would say, for an offensive lineman. So... We'll see what happens there, but the Giants do have their right guard now in Mark Lewinsky, so I don't expect Feliciano to play there very much, and we'll see if he can uh, be a good center. He can't be much worse than Billy Price and John Jalapio, so hey, hopefully he can exceed those expectations. Anyway, 
I think that's going to do it here. We went over pretty much everything we had to. I could sit here and make free agency predictions, but I just have no idea at this point how much cap space is left and even who's left at this point. I might make a video like that in a couple of days. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I will talk to you guys next time.